Hey, Mons. Hey, Danny. Looks like we're starting a show on a little podcast action. Yeah, man. Uh, who knew, right, that we would even come to this point? It's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, coffeehouse blunders, combining essentially everything that I love in my life, including you, Danny, right. uh, and the blunders of my, our life together. And can you believe that we're starting a podcast? It's crazy. Well, as somebody who makes blunders for a living, both on the chessboard and off the chessboard, um, well, we'll see how many of the of the blunders off the chessboard I can keep PG-13. But, you know, it, it feels right in my wheelhouse. I feel very comfortable here. So um, I think a lot of people are going to be wondering, uh, what in the world is this show about? So I'm going to let you go first and try to explain that. Well, so, yeah, this show is interesting because the story really came out of you called me one day. I got a call from Danny and I didn't pick up because I didn't even well, see my phone. Remember, actually, actually, that's right. Yeah. OK, sorry. Go ahead. It got weird there. Go ahead. Yeah, it didn't. I didn't pick up. And, and it wasn't because I didn't see it. I, I mean, not because I saw it. It's because I didn't see it. But I got nervous really quick. So I was like, what is Danny doing? What? Why is he calling me? Danny doesn't just call me out of the blue. So right. I called back as soon as I could. I think I texted him. I was like, is everything OK? Is everything OK? Yeah, that's what I wanted to add. I didn't mean to interrupt before, but I was going to say that right after I called you, I sent you this DM on Twitter. It's like if there's anything, if there's anything more urgent in today's day and age than an actual phone call, someone called me and didn't text me. It's that they send you a DM on Twitter. Yeah, and then I knew right away I had to get back. I, I don't know. I think it was. I think it wasn't like anything super important. But all I remember is ringing you back, and you go, "Oh, I just you know I missed you, and I wanted to talk to you. I needed more mots in my life." Right. And, and it was one of those things where I was, I was, I woke up like, I was just like randomly thinking about you for those, you know, obviously we, you know, have a relationship that goes back through a, through a mutual friend. Maybe we'll have him on the show one day, Mr. Luke Carries. Are we allowed mm -hmm. to say real names on podcasts? Be like, Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. the NSA is listening to everything anyway, right? They already knew that. So who cares? Yeah, they know. Uh, so, I mean, so mutual friendship led to our mutual friendship. And uh, that was it. I was sitting there babysitting a bunch of kids. And obviously thinking of you just because, I don't know, my mind wanders. I don't know why, but uh, we started chatting. So so the show is going to be about two guys who do some random stuff. I think that we both have some intros to make for those of us who are talking to people not necessarily in our background, in our in our regular, regu regular community. Um, but I want you to introduce yourself to the people that might be listening to this for where I come from, the chess world first, and tell them how awesome you are. Um, and, and your, your first, second and third love, assuming I'm the first oh. one, what are your second two loves in your life? Oh my goodness. Well, that's a great question. So I'm James Montemagno, uh, often commonly referred to as Mots cause my, my name is very long. It's a very old, terrible story. Maybe that one time we'll talk about on the podcast about how I got my nickname of Mots, but uh, that's a great topic. Uh, it is a great topic. And essentially what's kind of crazy about this is, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a developer, so I'm a mobile developer. I work at Microsoft currently. I've been a mobile developer for a long time. I went to school down in Arizona, did game de development. Uh, that's where we, that's where I met my good friend, Luke's carries. And that's where I found you, Mr. Danny Wrench. And, uh, I don't know. It was like love at first sight. I mean, like you said, first love boom right there, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> followed by my true love, uh, Heather in my life, uh, currently, um, and, and here in Seattle. So I live in Seattle, Washington, which is very far from where you live, Danny. Uh, but I'm up here drinking all of our coffee, building amazing mobile applications, doing my thing at Microsoft. But, uh, you know, really just um, trying to get this podcasting. I love talking. I talk professionally for a living uh, at Microsoft. That's my job is to go out and help developers be successful making iOS, Android and Windows applications. Uh, and 
what that passion led back into is that I'm talking all the time, all the time. And I do another podcast called Merge Conflict uh, with my other good friend, Frank, um, Frank uh, Kruger, where we talk about development all day. But I wanted to step away from the code because my other, my third passion, so Danny, Heather, is coffee. So coding and coffee really is right. is my wheelhouse. Uh, if I <laughs> right. look at in Seattle, I moved to Seattle and became the biggest coffee snob in the entire world. But what's interesting is that those things are very different, but I've always had this weird um, desire to really get into chess. And when I met you, I didn't even know who you were, right? And then I started right. mentioning your name to people like, oh yeah, I just was hanging out with Danny, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what D- Danny, the, the, the Danny. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know, just do this chess player Are guy. Are you serious? I don't think you ever told me that. That's funny. Oh, no. All the time, like people, I'm like, oh yeah, he's just, you know, just this international master, no big deal. Right. <laughs> That's how I drop well, it. So that's me. On the note of, on the note of, uh, first of all, uh, you, you make being a coffee snob cool. I, I just, I'd have a confession to make I've never made. And since I feel like for some reason a podcast is like this experience of protection where not only do I need to tell everything and bear my entire soul, I just, I need to, you know, make sure I dive into things that could otherwise be considered awkward, but in the podcast format are, are totally legit. And that is, you made me a coffee snob. You and Luke, what? but oh, like that, that is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Honestly, the fact that I appreciate that coffee doesn't all have to be burnt so that it tastes the same. The fact that I appreciate, I mean, so I don't know what you did there, but you changed my life. So that's number one. Uh, number two, what, what do I do? So I'm an international chess master who also, like James, somehow grew out of a very specific kind of niche background. I was um, basically a professional chess player from the age of 14 or 15 on um, and and rolled that into a professional teaching career, teaching scholastic enrichment programs and private lessons and sort of developed a number of communication skills along the way. And eventually that rolled into a career that I now currently have at chess.com uh, as the vice president of chess.com and chesskid.com. Our scholastic site is... Um, name drop. That, sound, that drop. sounds... What? Name drop, little name drop there. Little name drop, right? It sounds fancy to say the vice president. That just means emails. But what I really get to do when I'm not pretending to be a business person is I is I do chess broadcasting. And so, uh, you know, we, we do a number of shows and have a number of things going on that are uh, covering chess in a what can best be described as sort of an esports format, uh, you know, really exciting, really engaging and interactive with the fans designed to be educational and not just, oh, the grandmaster played here, Moss. And, this, you know, it's not just like a bunch of intellectually elite chess players rubbing their own backs about how smart they are. Um, you know, so I'm I'm talking quickly because I don't want to spend too much time on my background because yuck, right? Who wants to talk about themselves? But All I do I, like I you. I it. am like you. I am very very lucky. Um, I you know was able to develop a passion into something that has become even more of a passion, right? I knew I loved chess, and I was you know on the road and and all the time performing at you know, some of the highest levels in the world and, you know, achieved the second highest title possible. And um, when I was 19, I was actually the second highest rated person in the country under the age of 21, besides Hikaru Nakamura, who those of you who know nothing about chess don't know, he's um, (laughs) he's a multiple time U.S. champion. And so Mm -hmm. we, you know, but but I realize where I'm at now is none of that really matters in the sense that, um, you know, what we do now is so, it's so funny, it's so far removed from being a professional player 
um, broadcasting and making chess enjoyable and entertaining and and yeah. um, something that's engaging in a way that I don't think chess has been before we were lucky enough to have this platform on chess.com and, and reach the audience we do. Um, but I wouldn't be there without my background as an international master. So it's just kind of a funny the way the world works and perfect storm and so that's our that's our stories. But probably you and I will get more into our backgrounds of who we are with every podcast. But maybe we yeah. should maybe we should move on. Like what's new? Like what what's new? What what's new in the world of Motsi? Well, it's crazy because you know I actually went right before I just was heading off to Europe and uh, I wanted to go to this this book the fair that we're having in town in Seattle. It was like this biggest. It's like the biggest used book sale ever. Every book. It's like a dollar. So it's kind of like all the old libraries kind of clearing out their stock. And I actually picked up a, a chess book. It was like from the 19, you know, the 1800s or something like in 1908 or something, some famous, super famous. Like, then I snapped it to you. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, cause you kind of got me back into chess and I go, I'm going to learn some more chess because when the world championship with Magnus and, uh, Karyal, what is his name? Karyakin, Sergei Karyakin. I'm always going to, I'm going to say every name wrong, but Magnus Karyakin, like I was, you had me sucked into like the YouTube, like everything that was going on with, the, I was like, I was like blown away and, and Heather's just like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching Danny and it's like five hour, like breakdown of this match. I was like, <laughs> blown away, you know? And, uh, so I wanted to pick up a book. I didn't read any of it, by the way. I read absolutely none of it besides the first page where I forget, <laughs> I have to look at the book, but it's, it's literally, it's literally like, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to play chess. I'm not going to be cocky about it, but really I'm going to be cocky about it. Right. Uh, it's like, <laughs> like, like spoken like a true chess player. <laughs> spoken, spoken like, like, I'm not going to let me, I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going to go on with this. Right. <laughs> so you know, what's been interesting is when you, we talk about coffee is that, uh, why well, first, honestly, I didn't even know that I got you so much into coffee. Was it, was it when I came? so I came up to, uh, Payson, Payson ish area, the village, uh, to come hang out with you and Luke years ago now. Is that when right. I got you into coffee? Is that when that well, happened? Well, I, th- I like to think that, I mean, Luke probably had me on that train. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trending in 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 said direction, right? Mm-hmm. I was I was learning to appreciate what one cup of coffee in a day could even do. Maybe two if you're hitting that afternoon sweet spot. But you don't oh, need yeah. to hit that amount of liquid that's nuts because a really good cup of coffee is an experience in and of itself. And, you know, it calms you down in a way, even though it gives you more energy, it makes you focus and allows you to take a moment to appreciate and be present, right? So you guys, like, he kind of turned me on, like, hey, I don't need a pot of coffee and seven cups that I'm sucking down because I just hate (laughs) my life and I want to get energy to do it. I need to enjoy my life and be present. And, hey, part of that is enjoying a cup of joe. And the more I know this, man, I should be, like, on an infomercial right now. But that's how I feel about a good cup of coffee. We need some coffee sponsors. Sponsors, if you're listening, uh, hit us up. <laughs> right. And I'm not going to, I'm not, you know what, it, it, to me, what's, what's relaxing and energizing about making the cup of coffee. I, I mean, it's not just drinking the cup of coffee. It's the pleasure that I have of making that cup of coffee. And recently this week, for a long time, I've had a Chemex just sit around. And I know that Luke's really into Chemex. Yeah, yeah. I've been really into just pour overs with my Hario V60, which is a smaller cup because it's usually just me and Heather. So it's just, you know, two cups of coffee. But I got, I was like, you know what? I really want to start mastering the Chemex. And I had all these paper filters. I had the whole setup. I had, you know, I have, I have so much coffee equipment, the scales, the, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a smorgasbord of, of coffee equipment in my place. So this week I took care to 
go to the stump coffee kind of like training online, watch all of their videos, you know, putting in like the filtering, the temperatures, the scaling. And I'm like, I was blown away. The last few cups of coffee I've made with the same bean. So I have a blue bottle subscription where I get their single origin. Same as, same as Luke, he, he turned me on to it. And, and I'll put that in the show notes uh, to what I have and the Chemex equipment that I own, but I went out and here was my problem with my Chemex is that they, they always have this special coffee, like stirrer. Have you ever, I don't know if Luke has one or you have one, but like you pour the, you pour the, 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 the grounds in there and you pour in a little bit of water and that's going to bloom. So the, the coffee is going to bloom right, up right. And, and you're supposed to stir it a little bit to degas. Yeah, the bloom it. is key, right? The bloom is, the bloom is key. The, the bloom is key because it degasses and it swells up and it kind of injects. And that's the problem with your normal cup of coffee is that it's always constantly dripping and it doesn't have time to have life. It's such right. a sad, sad no, it's it, Honestly, talking about it, it brings a tear. It does. Um, I, I think Luke has a stirrer, or if that's a stirrer, and, and he has a Chemex. But I, I'm a single cup guy, so I, I get to take advantage of the extra special stuff when I'm with Luke. I need to take my coffee game to the next level. I mean, let's be honest. Um just AeroPress, yeah. little AeroPress just by your desk every day. Amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. And so I I went out on a quest this week. My quest of the week was to find the perfect coffee stirrer. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> well, and, how, how'd it go? Well, so first, like everything I want to purchase in my life, I go to Amazon. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right. because I was like, hey, if I don't have to leave my house to find the perfect coffee stirrer, perfect. And high and low. And every, all of them were like, Hey, we're going to do this. I wanted like a little bamboo one and it had to be thin enough. It had to be long enough. And, uh, they were all like in six or 10 packs. I don't need 10 coffee stirs. I would need one perfect coffee stirrer. And I went out on this quest and, and Heather and I, this weekend, we went out, we were in, uh, Magnus park. We were in a few other Magnus and Park. Uh, we were in all these different park areas and we kept running into these little stores and we ran into this little niche boutique, um, like houseware, like kitchenware place uh, down in Capitol Hill area of Seattle. And they had every spoon imaginable. They had metal spoons, bamboo spoons, Man. rubber spoons. They had all the spoons, demi toss spoons, little, you know, those little, <laughs> have you seen those tiny salt spoons? Do you know the salt spoons that I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't own one, but I've, I've fantasized about one. I do. I, I fantasize them about them as well because they're so adorable. And if you have the fancy salt and you're just like, I'm just going to fancy salt this. And that's when you're, <laughs> right. you're at a fancy restaurant because you have that little fancy thing. So I found it. I found this perfect spoon. I will take a, a photo. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll upload it. It's 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 about about a pen. It's about the length of a pen. And the width of the actual spoon is is maybe like a thinner than a quarter. So you get that nice. It's. It's, it's the perfect stir. balance. It's the perfect yeah. balance. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my quest. And uh, that was kind of what I was all about, to be honest with you. Uh, so fair, to, fair to say you found your, you found your, 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 your stirring soulmate. Ooh. I mean, yeah, my, thir- my third love. Your third love. Uh, the fourth third love, love, right? I mean, let, let's remove me from the top of the list. I mean, that was fun to start, but let's, let's put Heather number one just because we want to give her her due. It's the truth. You yeah. know, so I'll, you know, I'll work my way back. I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of, I play better as an underdog anyway. So I'll, I'll try to earn your love the other way. But, um, well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I don't know if, what else has been going on, but, uh, I yeah. haven't had quite as busy a week as you did. You didn't have a spoon adventure in, I did Arizona? have, 
what I had was was a different type of crazy week. So we talked a little bit about the background here in chess, and I mentioned briefly, I name-dropped the chess.com, hashtag 17 million members. Um, but uh, the the baby that we're really focused on right now is Chess Kid. It's our scholastic breakoff, and... Um, you know, I think it's, you know, if you were looking at us as an investor from an outside viewpoint, you would look at Chess Kid as the one that probably has the biggest upside, right? Chess.com is, like, is, is Chess Kid like I'm a kid at heart. So like when I walk into Toys R Us and I buy Pokemon toys, like I feel okay about myself. Is that like the kind of introduction? That That's exactly Chess what it is. And it, okay. but it's safe, right? I mean, how often mm-hmm. can you really tell a parent that their child is safe in any sort of online experience? Um, you know, the answer is rarely. Rarely, if, if ever, really. And, and yeah. uh, you know, of course, there's always ways to work around things. But the whole thing about Chess Kid is that it's no social networking. And so mm. we had this crazy idea. Um, you know, why would we ever split the demographics of the markets we reach when we own the domain name that is Chess.com, right? I mean... Great um, domain name. There, Great domain name. Right. There was never a reason for us to, to, to do that unless there was truly um, a we'll call it a use case or a demographic that really was a different animal. And the scholastic market itself dealing with schools and, and parents and kids and all the, all the things that go into that truly does make it a different model and a different thing. So we, we, we knew this a few years ago. We launched Chess Kid in 2010. But the thing we did this last week that was crazy is Eric, so our, my CEO – my only boss, and he, he always says, like, he's not the CEO, but believe me, he acts like a boss. He tells everybody what to do. <laughs> um, but he uh, – so he just gets this crazy, crazy uh, bug to – he's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to spin out Chess Kid from the equity structure of Chess.com, and we're going to go to Shark Tank, and we're going to get on Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. It's one – we literally just watched – the last Shark Tank, and we are addicted every week on the Hulu. And I saw this tweet. You like tweeted about this or something. Right, right. That you were going, and I was like, "Shut your face, hole!" Like, what? <laughs> how can this? Uh, and I go, I, I, you went. I yelled over to Heather. I go, "I'm like, Danny's gonna be on Shark Tank." Like, I'm like yelling through the apartment. I'm like so excited. She's like, "What?" And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to say like, you know." And then she was like, "What does that actually mean?" Is like on the show because I'm like, he can't talk about it, right? So, right. Are, what can you talk about? What, so what? Where we're at right now is, so we did that and it was literally, it was a, a totally spur of the moment. Um, you know, we, we are, um, we do believe that, that like the relationships we could establish there with, with a shark and the potential of chess kid to grow if we did give it its kind of its own wings and its own, um, chance uh, outside of the umbrella of chess.com where it's sort of always fighting for chess.com's resources and this and that. Yeah. You know, if we, if we really created that opportunity, um, and had the right kind of connections, we do believe in it. And so what we did was we showed up and basically pitched them that and we did it in kind of a fun way and so in the middle of our pitch and i can talk about all this stuff because i haven't signed the nda regarding this area like the, our producer like leaned into us and was like okay shut up you guys are moving on to the next round i'm not allowed to say that yet but you are this is the best thing <laughs> like, i've seen all day i mean was it like was like was it like the sharks or was it like did you just call up so no, Mark well, we're doing, no, no, no 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 the sharks oh, okay. and so one thing i've learned uh, through this experience which is really cool and this will make a fan like you even more excited is i've learned a couple things through the sort of confidential process here we've now moved on we moved on to the next stage we've done some other stuff they do a lot of background i mean the forms we had to fill out were extensive oh i bet they they, they check into the the market and the backgrounds and the numbers of everything you say to make sure it's totally legitimate 
Um, so it was it was extensive background checks, all this stuff. So let's say there was a ton of work with that. We had to do another round of sort of auditioning ourselves in terms of personality in our company besides already kind of being given a thumbs up. But the person we're dealing with is one of the main producers. So what happens is you go to this you go to this thing and you're waiting in line with like tons of other people and not to sound there's there's no way to say this without it sounding a little weird, but we, we were really overqualified to be there, right? Because we were presenting like a super strong candidate, a profitable company on its own outside of chess.com. Um, we were, you know, we presented really well. And so we were not there to peddle like a t-shirt. Okay. And, and so we kind of, we kind of blew the, the, but like that we said, we were interrupted and said, okay, you guys are moving on to the next round. We're not even supposed to tell you that, but here's what you need to start doing. This is the best thing we've seen all day. And so what we're dealing with right now is the producers, the business people, the background checks. And what I was going to say to you as someone who likes the show that'll make you happy is that one, the background checks and the way they grill you really is legitimate. And number two, um, the sharks really have not seen anything about your business until the moment mm. you walk through the door. Oh, cool. I, I was never really, I was yeah. never really sure about that because to me, sometimes there's people that come on the show. Like obviously if let's say, let's say that, you know, um, you know, you guys come on the show. It's like, oh, well, I know them, right? Or like, we sometimes see products and I was like, man, how could the shark not know like who that was? Or like, did they do research on them? Because sometimes right. they seem so excited about it. But like, that's what we always hoped is that it's like this new pitch. You're going out there. You're pouring your heart into it. No, it is. It's super. The whole thing is totally authentic. And and now, right. and but notice, and the sharks are honest about it. Like I saw an episode recently where Chris was like, "Oh, I saw that because my wife was into this or something." Right? Like that whole exchange uh. is totally legitimate. In fact, it's one of the things that now why we can't keep talking about it is because. Like this, this extra video we made and these other materials we've done, they have to stay confidential even within our staff members of the team because um, they don't want any kind. If you, if like, if you have a video that goes viral from here on out, like you, you lose your candidacy. Like uh, that makes sense. Yeah, part of the way they make it, and so yes, you're right that there is, of course, a chance. I mean, who knows? Maybe we get there, and Mark Cuban plays on Chess.com, right? Or his kid plays on Chess Kid. Like, it's not the craziest thing to think that might happen, but. But as far as the relationship that you that you're trying to establish and the pitch that you're making and the numbers you're asking for, like like right now, only the producers and the business background people know the numbers mm -hmm. that we're putting out there, which is we want X for X and and all this stuff. And so um, so all that stuff is is totally legitimate and and uh, and really. So that was cool. So that's what I did. How was that week. experience? How was that experience? Like you, you fly, you, you didn't even know, like from my, from my gathering on Twitter, this is how I got my, this is how I get my information. People is I just read <laughs> Danny's Twitter. It's on, I get notifications every time he tweets anything. And, uh, and I saw that you were flying out there. So like how, between when did he ask you to, like, you flew out to like, like somewhere in California, right? Like, yeah, it was, it was in Palm Springs. Did you, I mean, was it like the, the, my, you've played in, you know, chess on this crazy level. Like how does it stack up when you have like 60 seconds to go? You know what I mean? Like it, what, no matter you know, what, how? it's nerve wracking. And mm -hmm. especially because the weight was insane. You're there all day and like, you're, you know, it's like you're doing a live play, you know, you're trying to put on something that gets their attention, but it's not, um, Okay, we I think had the luxury of him basically interrupting us and being like, "Okay, you guys are good." But we we had practiced our pitch. It was so adorable to see Eric. I always make fun of him because I'm on camera all the time and the pro whatever. pro moves. You got the I'm pro good moves. At, I'm good at talking in that way, but Eric Eric doesn't do this part of things very often. And so we we talked um, and rehearsed our our pitch like 
40 times and then we got there and we're halfway through the pitch and he just like interrupted us. So it was it was funny and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, one thing to remember is the way Hollywood works is you're not on the show until you walk through the doors and you're looking at Mark Cuban, right? I mean, you can be cut on the studio floor. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. for whatever reason possible, but as far as where we're at right now and what we can talk about, we can say that, you know, we're, we, we've been a good candidate. The experience is going okay. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. So I love that. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for you guys. I, I, I don't want to get too excited too, too early, <laughs> you know, before it happens. And, and that's the thing is I like, here's the crazy part is that you may even record, or I assume like whoever goes on this last week, that could have been recorded months upon months ago. Right. I, right. I have no idea how long, like no one knows. It's like this magical shark tank, thing and it's bananas and you i get can't excited. talk I, about it i can't talk about it you can't and then you're like you have to be ready to like press that button like on the website the day of you know because i i actually went on i've purchased we purchased a lot of shark tanks a scrub daddy big fan of the scrub daddy put uh, it in who the doesn't love the scrub daddy scrub mommy have you tried the scrub mommy i have not tried the scrub mommy it's Is genius it? okay so the scrub daddy if people don't know it's they come in a one pack or a three pack and they're this beautiful scrubber for your dishes. Like you right. think that you're going to go buy a little Brillo, but that thing falls apart. Yep. That thing crumbles. It smells funky, funky. You got kids who knows what they're putting in the sink, right? You know, you got like 18 of them. <laughs> right. um, I want to, I want to talk about them in a second. Cause I, I need an update on my children. Yep. Um, and not my children personally, your children. Um, well, I mean, you know, who knows, right? Vicariously. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Guys never really know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know, honey, don't worry. So, uh, scrub, scrub daddy's great because no smell ever. It can get, it can get hard. It can get soft based on the water temperature that you put on, um, which is crazy. And it just, it lasts forever. It never smells anything, but scrub mommy it is half scrub daddy on one side and then this this kind of really um, nice plush soft edge on the other side, which is nice so you can rub down your counters with it. Scrub it's, daddy on the back. Scrub I, I, mommy use it the every, I use it every night, dude. I just used it last night and I, I went, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think about, I'm glad you just brought all that up because you're kind of bringing me back to enjoying the little things. I haven't really been thinking about how much I love my scrub daddy lately so I, I will get back in touch with that appreciate that, it that is going to be a, a new recurring uh section the little things what a little thing are you appreciating this week on <laughs> little thing i'm water. appreciating this week i'll just uh, i'll move in and talk about my kids so i did two things we, we, we saw boss baby i'll give that a thumbs up i'll do a quick movie review Probably each not. week because danny's movie experience exists through his kids right i, I the last time i saw a movie I wanted to see. The last time I did anything I wanted to, you know, don't even get me started, right? Um, four kids is what I'm actually packing here, everybody. Um, that's it. We had our fourth child a little over a year ago. Her name is Talia. So I have four kids. Nash. Nash Attack. Warner, Nash Attack, <laughs> Warner, um, Hazel, and Talia. I like so how you two, almost forgot Hazel's name right there. <laughs> I was, I was bothering <laughs> what that. What's that one again? Like, what's that one again? Yeah, Hazel. The uh, No, she's the she's the love of my life. The first girl you have, it's just like, it's hard to explain. But there is daddy's daddy's girl and, and mama's boy is a real thing. Um, so those are my kids. Uh, we saw Boss Baby with the three older ones, Hazel, Warner, Nash. Loved it. Give the thumbs up. Love Alec Baldwin. It was nice because it was an animated movie. I had a little bit of a hard time with where they were going, which is enjoyable. It mm. wasn't so predictable that I just knew the ending. So I'll just say that. But I'm really big on not spoiling movies. Uh, so that's my thumbs up for this week. My thumbs down for this week in terms of my parent experience is Beauty and the Beast. Mm. I saw I heard, it. Heard not good. I heard not good like, things. Like, what are they doing? They just all they did was copy the cartoon. And guess who prefers the cartoon? This guy. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, Emma Emma Watson was uh, not uh, not great at Bell. Um, the best part of the movie by far is Josh Gad, who's just hilarious. Um, and so he he's awesome and hilarious, and there's some funny awkward moments with him that are just good humor. But overall, thumbs down to Beauty and the Beast. That was a daddy taking it on the chin for Hazel. Took Hazel solo to that one. Hashtag regret dope. town. Regret <laughs> town for this guy. Was um, it for her too? Like, would, could you see how upset she was as you were? No, no, she liked it. But again, oh, she like liked she, it. she, she, well. It, she did say afterwards, she said, Dad, that was a slow movie. Oh, I'm like, no. yeah, honey, that was long. And uh, it was, you know, it was two hours and, you know, whatever. Uh, um, so it, it was. Seen, had she seen the an, she's seen the animated one, yeah, right? No, and she likes the, the animated one. Oh, you know what I saw? You, have you guys, have you, have the kids seen Sing? Sing, the movie Sing from last year? Thing. Sing. Sing, like singing a song. It's oh, the Sing. One, oh, yeah. Sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids seen it, they love it. Oh, we saw it on the plane back. We're flying back from Copenhagen. That's the Matthew McConaughey, Scarlett Johansson, right. Reese Wither. And it's kind of like the um, um, America's Got Talent, but singing, right, right. whatever. Um, yeah. What's that? What's that other show? American Idol. Yeah. The Ameri- one that it's like American Idol. They should have died know. 10 years ago. Exactly. But, you know, there's it's all animated, all these, all these animals getting together. And uh, some great, I love John C. Riley, and he's great. Nick Offerman was like all this, and we were watching, we just couldn't stop, couldn't stop laughing. We liked it so much that, you know, we were landing back in Seattle and it's that part of a long flight. I don't know if it happens to you where they're like, we're going to be landing in 20 minutes, but you got 40 minutes left on the movie, you know, uh, you know, and they turn it off like way early. So we came home. From just flying for 15 hours, we finished the movie. You know what? At home. That, that, is, a, that is probably the biggest and best testimonial they've ever gotten, right? You yeah. will finish it even after a long flight from Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, but probably the – so those, that's the update on the, you know, on the, 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 the to-dos with the kid, uh, the kids. The biggest form of controversy currently going on inside the Wrench household is that mm-hmm. Nash, my 11-year-old – he has a girlfriend, or he thinks he does. Now, we've been here before. Let me just tell you that this child is carrying around way too much confidence. Where is the insecure male teenager that you and I grew up with, right? He's, I mean, he just have like swag on swag on he's swag. Got, he's, he's got just, swag on swag. Just and, dripping and, off of him, just dripping. Yeah, you always say you want your kids to be confident and, and all those things that you – you know, you want them to be outspoken, confident, you know, totally emotionally secure individuals, but just not till they're 18, not till they get the bleep out of your house, right? Yeah, get out of Until here. Till then, exactly. you want them to be insecure and precious mm-hmm. and little and, and, you know. They want you so to run to you for everything, right? You're like, come right. to me, I got your back, you know, I'm your dad, I'll, I'll take care of this, yeah. So now he's, you know, he's he's already getting too cool for school and he thinks he has a girlfriend. We're working on that. I'm working on the mindset of, hey, like... Hey, you don't have a girlfriend. You're not allowed to date. You're 11. Reality check. But, okay, like, I can't prevent you from being kind. You know, first of all, always be kind. Always be sweet. Especially, um, well, not especially to everyone, but especially to people who you don't, you know, maybe even like, right? You got to be kind. You got to be sweet. Um, And so if that leads to him, you know, having a a healthy relationship with someone of the opposite sex and they enjoy each other's company for a while, then great. Great. You know, but it's, I'm telling you, it's a nightmare, dude, raising real people and the power you hold to screw up another human being is the scariest thing like ever. You know, you're going to, you're shaping their mind. Like as, as right. like you are shaping the next 
Dude, don't remind all me. Of it's, it's, all I, it's of, like I'm all shaping. Full. I'm shaping way too. I'm not. I didn't. I, I'm not qualified to shape this much. You know, mm-hmm. I failed Plato class. I got nothing in these hands. You barely shaped your own life, and now you're shaping four you know, lives. Yeah, it's 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 oh, nutty. So, like, well, you want them all to go back to being like a tiny little, tiny little chubby thing because when they're babies, they're like toys. Uh, I mean, they're yeah. just like the, they're like the coolest toy you have because you know what it is. A baby is like a toy with artificial intelligence. <laughs> You know, because, like, you can do whatever you want with them. You can play with them and hang out. And, you know, obviously they're high maintenance and, you know, they, you know, you got to change a poopy diaper and this and that. But for the most part, you're looking at something that just loves and worships you, screams every time you enter the house because they're so damn excited to see you. And they're like a toy. You can throw them around the bed and whatever. And they just, they also have this cute little brain of their own where you're like, oh, look, it learned a new trick. You know, it's like we, we saw, we were walking around, we went to the, the Fremont, um, farmer's market and literally side by side there was this tiny baby corgi and i we were big sheena ibu you knew people or however you say it but we're i'm really into corgis i love corgis i actually love great danes that's that's my dog but uh heather said too big but i love a good i love a corgi because a corgi my favorite part of a corgi is that like this little baby is like i'm a little tiny baby corgi and you're like oh this this dog is like it's just like learning stuff and it like it love you could just tell it like looking up at its owners just like uh and then you have this other corgi that is honestly must be like 15 years old and he's just like sitting on his butt He's just like, whatever, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, I'm over it. And then, and then they get to walking. This couple gets to walking with this like 10 or 15 year old Corgi and the Corgi just like, well, whatever. And he's like, I don't even, I don't even want to. And they're like, all right, we're picking you up because that's what Corgis do. Like, all right, now pick me up and I'm good to go. Um, right. I love it. But you're going to shape Nash in this relationship that he thinks he has. I for like 11 years old, I don't even, I don't even you remember. You just got to let them do what they're doing, yeah. I think. And, and if you say like no, kinda, if you say I feel no, like the best thing you can do too is like not even be super overreactive or harsh, but just like try to, try to do the example thing. You just, you try to have a healthy relationship that they see. So even though you know they're going to screw up stuff that at least there's somewhere in the subconscious mind, like, oh, like this is kind of what I want. And, you know, and so you just, you try to do that stuff without being overtly, you will, or you will not do this. Cause I don't, I don't know. I think that, I think that probably backfires, but you know, Hey, you're talking to somebody who literally has no idea what he's doing for a living. So I, you know, I'm not even going to pretend to ever give parenting advice. That's just what I, what I try to do. But, but let's talk about you some more. So where's Mott's off to next? Like what? So you travel from Copenhagen, you're busy, you're big time in Microsoft, but you're, you probably travel more than anybody I know, like you're number one on the travel list. So where are you going next? I try to be, you know, it's, uh, it, it's always an adventure with me. I would say I try to travel around. So people don't know, don't me a lot, don't know, maybe follow me on Twitter or anything like that, especially if they're following you, Danny is I travel about 60, 70% of the year for work, but also just for funsies. Cause who doesn't love a little travel like Copenhagen? I flew into London. This is a few weeks ago. I flew into London, went to, to Birmingham, went up to Edinburgh and, and, and then I flew over to Copenhagen. And then for funsies, Heather flew out. So we'd had a little holiday and she's like, Hey, what do you want to do today in Copenhagen? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, let's go to Sweden. So we just took a train to Sweden. Like, why wouldn't you, you know? And like, we walked for obviously that's the first choice. So yeah. And and, uh, so we always make coffee a destination on these places. So I'm always looking for coffee places. And we do this thing called geocaching, which is super fun. Uh, You go and you find these little little, um, things all over the place. There's millions of geocaches, like little containers, and they're hidden all over the place. It's it's awesome. It's it's where... um, I've been doing it for a long time. I started in Arizona, actually. Yeah, I have some friends who do it. 
Yeah, it's super other fun. friends besides you. You're also, I mean, obviously a friend. So I'm, you're more um, than a friend. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Like that. I'm your number ones. Um, and uh, so it's kind of interesting right now, kind of coming off of big trips. I like a little downtime. And what's unique this year is that some of the upcoming big Microsoft conferences are in Seattle. So what I'm kind of getting ready for right now, as I said, well, before these big conferences come up, I'm going to just kind of leave. So uh, we're going to go to Cuba, a little Cuba action. Dude. Um Cuba, like now that the wall has been brought down, you got to let me know how that is. Yeah, I'm super excited because we wanted to go before things change too much, I guess, is our idea. But to be honest, like everything's Airbnb, like you can just kind of scope it, like you can just kind of get into the country and we're going to go some events, we're going to go to some museums we have kind of more... Um, the research reasons why we're going, because you still have to specify why you're going, but we're kind of in preparation for that. But what I'm really excited for is maybe not what I'm off to right now, but what just got solidified that I can't wait to start going and talking about, which is that I'm doing a whole Latin America tour this fall. I'm going to be down in Colombia and Chile and Argentina. I'm going to be all over the place down in like October, November. That, that's for work. For work. Yeah. But we might do a little holiday natch. Right, right. Right. Now, yeah. Obviously. I mean, while you're there, that's so that you're going to be bouncing around the old Latin America scene. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't. Uh, it's going to be the first time that I'll be in in South America, um, which would be crazy. It'll be it'll be awesome. So I, I don't know. That's further down the road. You know what I mean? Cuba is on the horizon. We'll still have some time to talk about in the future as we get further. But we did have one blunder. One blunder is uh, we're like, well, we're going to fly into Havana and we're going to go to Trinidad because it's like the older part of the city, of the of the country, I should say. And uh, it's only a few weeks out until we go. And we're like, oh, we'll just go on to the site and, and book the bus because we're going to take a bus everywhere. Sold out. A little sold, sold out action. And uh, we were like... Hey, first of all, like, I know you, like, for you, the travel thing is... Like, hey, like just, you know, where's the latest romantic destination on my schedule next, right? But, I mean, a lot of people would love to know that and live through you vicariously. You're talking to one of them. So, I mean, take pictures. Consider Photoshopping me into as many as possible as long as it's appropriate. You know, and um, like like many of our hopefully soon-to-be listeners, we will continue to stay up on where you're going next. But Latin America, that sounds great. I mean, so, like, when do you... Like probably at some point Microsoft needs a chess consultant just there all the time. Probably we do right? a lot of machine learning, really big data, so really getting inside of the the head of people, you know, between chess and go, I think that there's probably some, you know, can a machine beat Danny at chess that could probably be a whole job. I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's it's probably but it's probably a seven-figure salary job, I would guess, right? I mean, that's a 8 9 Right. I mean, that's a tough, uh, the artificial intelligence involved and, and, you know, so anyway, yeah, Yeah, that's that's just a, yeah. So it's going to be crazy, but you know, talking about chess, you know, why doesn't chess matter at all this week, Danny? You know what? That's a great, that's a great question. And that's exactly the way we should be thinking about it because chess is, um, as much as it's fun and important to us, obviously chess doesn't matter to the greater world at this point, but i like to share a few things that are going on. So the biggest things in online chess history are currently going on in my world. We just wrapped up the Pro Chess League, uh, which was the first ever globally organized ch- mm. team chess event where you have all these players competing for a team. So you had the, the Norway Gnomes and the Stockholm Snowballs and the Buenos Aires Krakens and uh, the Montreal Chess Bras and, and go on and on. There were... 
It was it was nuts, and honestly, Moz, we did this, and the reaction of, from the you know the Twitch community where we broadcast twitch.tv slash chess, um, you know, you, everyone can find information at prochessleague.com, but the reaction and the support of this was was out of this world awesome. And we um, I've I believed in the power of chess becoming an esport and that I thought that this league thing would work. So you kinda like to think, oh well of course it works because you had a good idea and it works. But nobody mm-hmm. ever really you no know, one really knows. You don't know until you do it. And and if two people could have come on, you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, cool. Could, you could have yeah, never then, been featured or anything and and what's interesting is this is a whole new avenue. You have like do people want to sit and watch chess? I mean I do but it's kind of when we say, yeah, why doesn't chess matter? But honestly, it's kind of crazy because I think it's a renaissance, baby. I, th- you know, I think we might be in the middle of a chess renaissance, and I don't want to jinx anything. But between the Pro Chess League, um, which is now going to be kind of our staple event every year from January to April, we're currently working on um, some relationships with kind of some big players within the esports and online broadcasting community. We hope to kind of have even more attention being brought. Uh, to what we're doing. Um, I just wrote an article for American Chess Magazine, which is, um, people can check it out where I really, I just kind of, you know, talked about why, why chess has all the makings of the next big esport, why, you know, these companies aren't looking for the next League of Legends or World of Warcraft or Hearthstone because, because those are great. And why try to reinvent the wheel and then compete for market share with a company mm-hmm. that is just huge, right? Why not look for something that's cool and new and different? And I think the thing that held chess back for so long, Mott's, Chess, chess is the same game over the board as it is. Um, it's the same game in real life as it is online, right? Yeah, Which yeah. Um, mm-hmm. is something that not you know really any other video game video game can say. I think it's now sort of working in chess's favor that it does you know make this make this uh, transition easier for people who've played it for years. And, and there's a transcending element to you know it reaches demographics and 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 is interesting to people that aren't into video games. So anyway, I think I think this future is bright with that. Um, we also right now there's some big events going on chess.com with the speed chess championship, which is just kind of like it's oh, kind of like the speed world online. Yeah, it's like the world online, you know, fast chess championship, like if we were using terms that, but I think speed chess is pretty self-explanatory, so we've got all the best players in the world playing in that, I mean, the boys you mentioned, Magnus Carlsen and Sergei Karyakin, we've also got uh, Nakamura and the recently crowned U.S. champion, Wesley So, um, so there's a there's a lot going on that doesn't matter in chess this week, <laughs> but but for me and my world it does matter, and so we, we will try to keep everybody tuning into this podcast updated on it. Um, but uh, those are the big things: pro chess league, speed chess championship, and and kind of this this interesting direction that chess is taking. There are so many online chess streamers right now, Mots, and many of them are on, are using chess.com. But people just streaming their own chess games and doing commentary and having fun and. Um, once someone cracks like the old, like two guys in a park and they set up a webcam where it's face down and it's just like, it just, you know, we have these huge, um, in downtown Seattle and and Westlake center, there's a, those huge chess boards that are like outside with the huge chess pieces. And in the spring, people just go out there and just like start playing chess and just like random people will come up. And I think this is this, it's global because the rules it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get into chess, but hard to master one of those things. And what I love about watching chess online is that 
I can't go see these professional players and actually play. So when, 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 when the actual, the the championship was going on, I was like, I can never see this stuff in real time. I'm not going to go see them if it was live streamed or anything like that, but like to see, and then the breakdowns and everything that's going on. And my favorite part of actually watching you play some of these speed chess things, when you go on and you do these knockout rounds where it's just like, you have like a minute countdown. There's so many different variations now, but you, it's crazy. You need to go watch Danny play chess because he, is I'm not just going to toot your own horn. I am, but like you are, (laughs) you are moving. You are, you know what the other person is going to play and you have already played your move before they even moved. You know what? It's like, it's mind boggling because you'll see the countdown go on and your counter goes to less than a second because you've already moved your piece because you already know what the other person is going to do. And when you see it happen and you see like, you like checkmate someone, you're like, well, it's like mind blown. You're just like, you just exploded my mind. And like that thing, like it gets me excited because you don't see that in, in video games. It's not like, this person may go left or right and you can kind of be like, oh, I'm going to sniper this person, right? And I'm going to, you know, you know, camp someone. But then the next game, completely different, right? right? It's the same board. It's the same board, different game. Yeah, it's what allows for that level of kind of master master understanding. I mean, the term master is sort of a loose term because it's used like someone masters something or they're a, they're a master. But in chess, like, you know, when you reach certain levels of mastery, the international and grandmaster levels, there's so much pattern recognition and so much intuition that it's just is there that it's like the way you describe it. A lot of the decisions I'm making are like I've ne- I haven't necessarily seen those exact positions before, but your intuition is such that like if they didn't go with what I thought they were going to do, like they would have lost faster. Right. So you end mm-hmm. up being able to see I kind of like to explain it where. I've done this. I've done a, a number of seminars and, you know, some professional development for teachers learning how to teach chess. And that's been kind of a cool thing. Now that we're launching Chess Kid, I've been teaching teaching teachers who know nothing about chess how to teach chess, which is kind of an interesting demographic to talk to. And, um, you know, I've done I've done different seminars where a lot of parents are there and they're asking advice like, how do I make my my kid the next Bobby Fisher? I'm like, first of all, don't because he was a sociopathic racist. But then we <laughs> move on. Um, no, but I mean, seriously. You know, I, I've used it like this where it's just because somebody is seeing something that you don't know exists. And the way, the simple way to understand it is, you know, triangle, triangle, square, triangle, triangle. What do you think I'm going to say next? Square. Right. Based on the current level of information that you've been exposed to, the best possible guess that Mots is capable of making is square. Mm-hmm. But then I say triangle, triangle, square, triangle, triangle, circle, triangle, triangle, square, triangle, triangle. The pattern has gotten slightly more complex. And at this point, you would have to guess. Circle. Circle, right? So all this, so you're able to see a slightly more advanced uh, pattern. And so, like, imagine looking at a wall of these patterns where, like, you're just not able to comprehend how many patterns are there. And you can only make the best guess available to you. Uh, You can only make the best guess you can based on the current level of information and understanding you have. But I think that a lot of people are capable of extending that ceiling. Um, Unfortunately, most of our world doesn't actually challenge our memories these days. You know, like, I remember I used to have, like, 500 phone numbers memorized maybe that's an exaggeration but you knew a lot of phone numbers right and then and then you like get to a point where you don't remember anybody's phone numbers anymore and um yeah what's interesting is yeah even that is not you just don't only remember them but if you need to dig out that information or react to that information it takes you longer did you see how long it took me from the first time you asked me the sequence i was almost instantaneous the second one 
I almost needed to think about it longer to like, wait, okay, got well, it. Well, I think that was you just, that I mean? might've just been a circumstance of what we were talking about. Yeah, but no, yeah. I think but that you don't, in general, right? Cause if you're like, you, you do the same thing though. Like you look mm-hmm. at code and see, like you see matrix and I don't see it, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's just a knowledge thing matrix. of matrix. One's you know, zeros, you one's and zeros. <laughs> right. But it you is. get it. It's, it's a, so that's all it is. And I think it's interesting because I think there's a lot to learn from, um, you know, that, that kind of uh, learning experience, you know, critical thinking that is designed to not just require people to regurgitate information they've been told, but actually require them to use information they've been given to solve something they don't know the answer to. And I think that's the most important skill is the ability to apply patterns that aren't applying to this exact position, but it's, you know, it's maybe similar. And so you're able to make a higher quality move or guess in a shorter amount of time even if it's not exactly the same, but your intuition tells you this because the patterns are, are similar enough. And so that's the way I kind of explain it in terms of, you know, how quickly masters can play. But all right. You know what? We, we've uh, we've talked a lot. I, I think that, first of all, I think we crushed this crushed. first podcast, FYI. Um, but what do you think? Anything else before we go? You know, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm going to keep up to date everyone on the Cuba situation. If I do find a bus to take me from Havana to Trinidad, we will see... Who knows? That's a holiday. So that's going to be a good holiday adventure. Um, You know, I think my one thing before we go is that Danny and I and Luke, we've all found the light of great coffee. One thing. Let's say that you're in a town. Here's my Mott's pick of the week um, for coffee. If you're in a in a in a town where there is no coffee, which is sad, there's a Starbucks, which is barely coffee. Right. Here's my my tip and recommendation. One is that if that Starbucks, which a lot of them do have this thing called a clover, it will turn Starbucks coffee into better Starbucks coffee. It's a special machine that Starbucks has. So I know a lot of them, America and the greater world, sometimes we only have Starbucks. And that's the world I lived in in Phoenix for a long time where I didn't know where to go to find coffee. Another thing that you can do is that you can go to, and this is pro tip, you can go to any Starbucks if you have to go to a Starbucks. I still do on occasion. I'm not that, I'm not that cocky. I'm not that cocky. Right. Um, you can ask them for a pour over. You can go in and say, Hey, I would like the, get their lighter roast, like a, a, ver- a veranda or something like that and ask for a lighter roast. But I would challenge yourself to buy an AeroPress, buy something that's like, you know, you know, 20, 20 bucks, something like that. Go out, see if you can do it. And if not, just, if you're like, I am a Starbucks person every day, do yourself a favor and ask for a pour over or see if they have a clover machine and your coffee will taste better. That That's all I need to do. That's all I need to say. You know what? That was First of all, that was inspiring. And second of all, I did not know that you could do that at Starbucks. So that is a valuable, I'm going to do that next time. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see what the experience is there. I've, I've, you know, I've done kind of the, you know, the bloom and pour over method, uh, with, with Starbucks coffee. It's still not as good. Yeah, still not as good. It's, as, it's like that's the coffee we get because the the Starbucks coffee itself is. So many people don't know this. It's just not good coffee because it's designed to be uniform and and so that they can create kind of a. Um, uh, it's almost a brand consistency within their coffee, right? So you get used to the taste and you're actually not even used to what's good coffee anymore because Starbucks has brainwashed you. And I don't want to be bad on Starbucks. Starbucks does a great service bringing whatever, you know, I, I'm just saying that it's like, you know, there's, it's not the best experience you can get. Yeah. And they, and they intentionally burn their, burn their exactly. beans and they make them all dark and sweaty and, 
and in general, like the, the beans sweat a lot. And, and when you buy good beans, they don't normally sweat. And, and even so, like, I don't go and buy beans from the grocery store, store ever. You know what I mean? I go in right. and I, I go to my local roaster or whatever coffee shop and I go buy the beans because I know that they're going to be better. And, and you can do that. You can go to a, if you find a coffee shop, you can just say, hey, you know, you know, you buy a bag of beans. And maybe you don't have a super nice roast or um, burr grinder like I have. Just have them. Just have them do it and put it in an airtight container. And that'll at least be better than going and just buying like a, a pack of Starbucks beans from the grocery store. That's the worst. Or buying pre, pre, pre-ground beans. I'm, I'm going to sound super, super snooty, but I'll tell you, I'll go home to Ohio and there is a, uh, that's where I'm from originally. And I go see my parents. There is a, uh, um, a freezer full of frozen Dunkin' Donuts pre-ground coffee. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> right, like, I you're, can't, I, you're like, oh man, I'm so glad I don't live with my parents anymore. I but I think I, we accomplished both things to end the show though. We accomplished some good coffee house tips and some blunders because we just literally backed ourselves into never getting a sponsorship for our podcast from Starbucks. That is correct. But so we, <laughs> we will never get a corporate, but there's a lot of other coffee startups out there that would literally love to have us be drinking a cup of their Joe while we're chatting. So I think I think you did good with that coffee house tip and that blunder. And uh, yeah, where can people find you, Danny? Um, you know, they can find me on chess.com. They can find me on Twitter. Um, they can find me on Facebook. I, I pretend to, I, you know, what I've been doing is I've been doing this Facebook live stuff lately before we have big events. I meant to do it today because we had a big event, um, but I didn't get to it. Um, you know, I hate, the, I hate all the things that social media tells us we have to do in the world of this business, but you know, I kind of do it. I'm kind of a slave to, Helping the company grow, right? Um, but um, so you, you want them to be me, successful. Yeah, you can find me hanging out with my kids. Uh, we've been oh, playing Blockus cute. a lot at home. I love Blockus. It's a game of spatial recognition, awareness, and dominance. I have to dominate my kids. The problem is Nash keeps beating me at Blockus. He's so damn good at Blockus, and I'm like. I'm a freaking international chess master, bro, and I'm trying my hardest over here, and he's beating me. So that that's I, we, we should have had a whole section delegated to like my Blockus strategy. Oh, have man. you ever played Blockus? No, I haven't. We've been playing Dude. Quirkle. Have you played Quirkle with oh, them at all? We love Quirkle, oh, right? So but okay, good. Quirkle's an adult game, right? Yeah. I can't play with my kids, yeah, but, but no, I, Dude, I wanted to buy Blockus. I, I Dude, was go get it. Okay, I'm gonna buy it. Dude, go get it, please. And you can even play with Heather if you get a couple friends. That's even more fun. Blockus is. It is like that'll give us something to talk about. It's so much fun, so interesting, the structures, and it's just uh, – anyway, so I am like, man, I'm getting passionate about it right now. We're going to play Blockus tonight, I'm telling you. I'm going to go after my kids tonight. So Do it. Um, so find me on the Blockus Battleground on chess.com, um, and uh, hopefully, you know, just uh, find me every week here on Coffeehouse Blunders. Coffeehouse Blunders. Yeah, you can find me anywhere on Twitter at James Montemagno. You can just Google my name. You will find me if you're into coding. I have another podcast here, MergeConflict.fm. So check me out there. Uh, Oh my goodness, this has been astonishing. We love... We would love this. Is our first episode. We don't even... We don't know who our listeners are, but we would love to hear from you. Let us know. You can go to... This is my favorite part of the show is that we registered (laughs) Blunders.fm. How is that not the greatest thing that's ever happened? It is fantastic. Uh, blunders.fm is where you can find Coffee House Blunders. We release each and every week, same time, same date. Danny, I love you, man. Love you too, buddy. See you next week. <laughs>